up y'all i'm jay and i'm jazz and this is the salt podcast saved and living transparent we're just a couple of millennial christians navigating life while also trying to live right here we get real yeah righteous about culture current events and the church as believers we're called to be the salt of the earth so you know we got to give this world just a little bit of flavor Yo, 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 welcome back to another episode of the Salt Podcast, Saved and Living Transparent. Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 14 says, You are the salt of the earth, but what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. Well, welcome back. All of our listeners, we are so excited to be with you yet again. Um, We are almost to the end of season three, y'all. Like, it's crazy. We're almost to the end of another season. And we have one more episode after this one. And we'll be closing it out for season three. Um, Again, we have a great, great episode in store. Y'all just, y'all just don't know. We got the cream of the crop here with us. But before we jump into that, honey... Um, my co-host Jay, <laughs> she's gonna tell us, girl, what have you been up to? Tell the people, honey. Tell the people. First of all, let me say a happy new year, Merry Christmas. I know we y'all we missed y'all. I was we was praying for y'all all through the holiday season. So I do we do truly pray that y'all had a restful, peaceful, and um enjoyable holiday season. Um, uh, what's been up with me, y'all? I had a wonderful time. I did go back home to the AL. Um, got to see friends, got to see family, got to kick it with my girl Jazz. Um, yes. so I had fun times, y'all. I had to, I got to babysit my godson LJ. Shout out to LJ and Chance, my godchildren. Um, and parenting is not for me right now. <laughs> uh, so that was a revelation <laughs> from the Lord. Um, which I, I, I mean, I, I have no intention or plans to have kids anytime. So anyway, that's not that's not the my goal or or objective or anything I'm you know trying to do. But but I definitely know I am not ready. <laughs> um, I love little LJ, but baby, he got the hollering and crying, missing his mama. I was ready to pack his bags myself. But I love mm-hmm. him. I really do, LJ. If you ever listen to this, I do love you. Um, <laughs> Uh, what else is going on with me, y'all? Uh, I don't know. I'm sure I had the per words out there, y'all, but I did mention, I mentioned I had applied to two internships that I need for my master's of public health program at T- Tennessee State University. Um, and a part of the program, you have to have a field placement position. And so I applied to the two agencies, uh, institutions, whatever you want to call them. And I did get accepted to both. Uh, so that is a blessing. Round of applause. I give all praises to God. Uh, y'all, I'm not ashamed to say y'all, they all both paid. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, and I also say that because if anybody's in the public health field and looking for any internships, I'm your girl. I, I will help you um, if you're in that field of study or know someone in public health. I'll do my best to help you find internships or whatever you need. But y'all, that's nothing but God. I'm so excited. Uh, what else, y'all? You got a lot oh, going on, girl. I just a lot, of a lot stuff. going on. I know God is really going to challenge me. I have been having a very soft girl life right now, like last year. But God is about to kick it in O drive. I'm really about to have to work, <laughs> and I ain't really worked, worked in a minute. I ain't even gonna hold you. <laughs> so, so it's just exciting. I just have a lot of um, exciting things coming this year, and I just <clears throat> truly believe God has definitely given me a Raymond word for this year, and I'm just standing on faith in it, and I'm just believing God will do some amazing things in my life as well as yours. 
Um, so yeah, I'm just looking forward. I got some class course. I'll be taking a full load, three classes for my program. And so I'll be done y'all in January, Lord's week. I mean, December, Lord, forgive me. December. I'll be, I'll be earning my degree, walking that stage yeah. in December of 2023 y'all. So I'm just excited, but, uh, I'm gonna say it, Dr. Jazz, <laughs> how you doing? How you doing? Again, again, keep speaking it, keep speaking it <laughs> because you know, the enemy be out here trying to, trying to hold your girl down, but you know, God is, God got me. God got me. Yeah. But yeah. first of all, let's circle back, honey, because um, these two internships. Come on, God. <laughs> come on. You be working, like, y'all. Come on for the rhema word, too. Like, come. Listen. Listen. God is doing some amazing things in our life, y'all. Like, and Jay, like, I am so proud of you. You always tell me that you proud of me, but I am proud of you. God is doing some amazing things. You hear me? amazing um future public health professional in the making um god is doing some great things um but for me um just a little recap i had a great and restful holiday break um god is good y'all because i did absolutely nothing for like two weeks (laughs) two weeks honey um now i did make a a post on linkedin and some people may have uh may have seen it but i'm the type of person i like to balance my me time and answering emails. I know it's a drag, but I'm the type of person when I go back to um to work, I don't want to have 100 emails. I'm just not like that. So I did take some time and answer emails from my students and to um, relax and have some me time, watch my Netflix, you know, watch my, my best man, final chapters, honey. Um, <laughs> so we did, I did some, a lot of self-reflection and I just got a lot of rest, a lot of rest. And excuse me, y'all, my voice be going in and out. The weather be cold one day and hot the next day. So y'all just bear with me. Um, And then I came from uh, choir rehearsal earlier. But now I'm just getting back into the swing of things. I ain't going to lie to y'all. The enemy really be trying because I got back to work on Wednesday. And he, I feel like I've been to work for a full week. I honestly do because students been calling trying to book advising appointments. I've been holding appointments on Zoom, phone call, everything. People just been calling, but God is good. We're about to start school on um, Wednesday, this coming Wednesday as we record. And I'm just excited. I'm excited to teach again. I'm excited to advise students and work with some of our students of color. So I'm just really, really excited. And God has some great things in store this semester. But with that being said, um, let's hop into our recap. So Last episode was entitled, Let Go and Let God. And remember, like we've been saying every single episode, our theme for season three is progression, not perfection. So continue to progress in this walk with God, in this journey. It is not a a sprint, it's a marathon. Um, And God is, he's putting people around you. He is hopefully blessing you with a church home, church family, a community to help you progress Cause you're never going to be perfect in this walk with God, but you know, you're going to get, continue to get better and better each and every day. Um, But again, our last episode was called let go and let God. And basically what this is just to give um, some of you like a little tidbit of information. If you didn't, um, if you didn't listen to the last episode, but let go and let God is kind of one of those common phrases that we use in church. And it's basically making a conscious decision to talk to God about your concerns your stress, your pain, whatever type of situation you're going through, if you're dealing with a specific person, an issue, and believing by faith that he will take care of you and work out the situation. 
So we were encouraging all of our listeners to let go and let God. And that means to forgive people. So we gave some helpful ideas, well, steps for how to forgive um, and how to move on and get your life back on track. Because as you all know, we're in the year 2023 and God is blessing us. And we want to continue to make steps forward to be who God has called us to be. Our main scripture was coming from Isaiah chapter 43, verses 18 through 19 from the NIV version. It says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it, sp now it springs up. Do you perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. And so God is doing a new thing and he wants you to be, he wants you to forgive people. He wants you to, to, to move on from your past. And he wants you to just do, just do what he has called you to do. So if you have not listened to the episode, you know, those are just highlights and tidbits that, um, and nuggets that we dropped. But if you didn't listen to the episode, please go back before you listen to this one and listen to let go and let God. And we are certain we are so certain that you will be blessed by that information. And now, with that being said, let's hop into our main discussion where we'll talk about our main topic for today. All right, y'all, we are back. We are in our main discussion now. And we have a just scrum deliumptious episode for y'all. I don't know why I said it like that. That's kind of weird. But it's good. <laughs> it's going to be good. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway... <laughs> So we uh, today, we will be talking to a young man of God. He is anointed, he is multi-talented, and he is truly light and salt. Salt family, please welcome Mr. Jamal Mathis. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. <laughs> Come on. Uh, thank you for joining us today. We are so happy to have you. We really want mm -hmm. to talk to you to get your perspective and, you know, let the young folks know, you know, there are men's of God truly in <laughs> in God's church. You know what I'm saying? There are men of God that are really have a heart for God, that are working for God in, in the church and, and doing great things that you do. Um, so just to kickstart, uh, <clears throat> if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself to the Salt family so they know exactly who you are. Yeah. I'm so excited to be here with the Salt family today and with my friends, Jasmine and Shayla. Um, but my name is Jamal Mathis. I am from Birmingham, Alabama. Um, I went to the University of Alabama for my undergrad studying um, business management and HR with a minor in political science. Um, and I finished my master's program last May now uh, with a Master's of Public Administration. Um, I work currently for InterVarsity Christian Fellowship, which is a national um, campus ministry. Um, and I've been doing that for going on three years now. So when I started my master's program, I started um, being on staff with InterVarsity as well too. Wow, so you're full-time in ministry, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did you now did you grow up in church i did i grew up in church <laughs> the free will churches of god in christ yes oh wow. alabama uh overton to be specific you know uh come on now yeah it was a really um foundational time for me uh you know i would not change the upbringing for anything um i loved um, the culture of the church. Um, I love 
growing up in there. I loved like a lot of my family being a part of the church as well. So it was a really cool experience to be a part of. Now, did you serve in, in ministry while you as you grew up or what, what capacity, what auxiliaries? Yeah, so I think um, growing up in the church I grew up in, you did a little bit of everything. Yes. Uh, <laughs> really? So um, I would say mostly it was like the music ministry. Uh, but, you know, in the, you know, youth department plays, speaking every now and again, because my mother loved to make us do that yes. uh, as the youth director. <laughs> <laughs> Sung a lot with Jasmine, you know, the songstress herself, learned mm -hmm. a lot from her during that mm -hmm. time working in the music <laughs> ministry. So, yeah, I would say I did a touch of everything. Maybe not being a deacon in no restaurant. That ain't my ministry. It never was. <laughs> Didn't try my hand at that because that just wasn't what God called me to, but mostly music ministry. Okay. And <laughs> just to give our listeners a little bit more context with me and Jamal's relationship, uh, and I'm so excited to have him on, y'all. Y'all just don't understand. Like, <laughs> we have had some experience, experiences, yeah. and woo child, honey. <laughs> um, <laughs> But we we both grew up um, in the same church and we served in a lot of different ways. And when he says we wore di we wore different hats, we wore different hats. Um, we went to a relatively smaller church. So um, speaking engagements, um, Mother's Day services. Yeah. Yeah. Church <laughs> um, anniversary. Church anniversary, choir anniversary. Um yeah. We have been this, been in this thing for a while. And just thank God. <laughs> Thank God that we have not gotten discouraged and we still yes. we still doing the work of the Lord, honey. But um, I'm very impressed by Jamal and I'm oftentimes very encouraged by the work that he's doing um, from afar. And so, Jamal, just tell the listeners, you know, we know that you've grown up in church and you served in many different capacities and auxiliaries and different ministries. And me and you served on the, the youth department. But how did you know? specifically that you were called to ministry, whether that was um, as a singer, as a choir director, or as a as a minister now? Like, how did you know God was calling you? Yeah, so I think for each of those different places of ministry, I felt like the call at different times. So I think with um, some of the choir directing that I do now, that goes back to like the, the record that uh, our church made back in like 2000. Oh, yeah. Um, I used to just listen to that like on repeat. Like I know the keys of every song. In wow. That's how much I listen to it. I can pick people's specific voices out. Um, and that grew a love um, for just choir music um, right. in me. Um, so I would say that was really young. Just wanted to be the one to direct a choir that sounded really good and was big and all that sort of stuff. Um I think when it comes to um, the ministry I do now with college students um, and really just the idea of ministry in general came much later. Uh, I grew up with a lot of people saying like, oh, you're going to be a preacher one day. Right. <laughs> um, and it sounds good when you're young and it's like, oh, OK. Yeah. Uh, but I'm also a skeptic. So it was like, child, I don't know if God is calling me to do that or not. It mm -hmm. sounds good. I'm a, I'm a church boy, but like, I don't know if that's actually what God is calling me to do. Um, but when I went to the University of Alabama in my 
freshman year, just looking for a way to kind of continue my faith, stay connected to Christian community. And I joined the Afro-American Gospel Choir. Uh, so that was one way I kind of continued. But I was also introduced um, to this group on campus that I work for now called Interocity. And mm-hmm. they were having Bible studies. And at first, I was very skeptical because they had a Black student ministry that was being led by a white man named Clayton. And I was oh, like, wow. Okay. It's <laughs> a little different. A little yeah, different. It's a little different. It's like, okay. Now, granted, the man could sing. He was a part of the Afros when I was in there. Um, so I knew he had a little soul. Okay. Yes. He was real tall. Um, yes, I remember. But, you know, at first I was like, this don't make sense. But, okay, I'm going to try it out. The other choir members going. So I went. Uh, after a couple of Bible studies, uh, just had a really impactful moment. We were studying, like, Jesus calming the storm. And he asked us the question that we said our own yes to Jesus. And in that minute, I had to like confront a lot of my church history up until then. Um, Like I had done church a lot, but something was missing. Like I didn't have the passion or the fervor that you would see the mothers have or uh, these people who have been in the faith so long. And in that moment, I recognized, well, I I don't think I've actually ever made uh, an intentional decision to follow Jesus. Like there's no relationship. I'm doing a lot in his name, but there's not much relationship between he and I. Um, So in that moment, I decided to follow Jesus uh, and just commit to what that journey might look like because I really didn't know uh, from there. And so from there, like stay involved with the ministry. Uh, maybe about two years in, Clayton, the tall white guy, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my staff, Clayton, um, started asking me about being a student leader in our ministry. Um, and what that meant was like leading small group Bible study because we want students to empower other students in their faith. And I was like, absolutely not. I was like, I will not do it. Uh, <laughs> it's like, yeah, no, I'm not going to do it. I was very adamant too, uh, just because of a lot of what I had seen of Christian leadership coming up, some of yeah. the issues that you would have to face, stepping into that. I didn't want to step into a position where I could mess anybody's life up. So I was like, no, I'm good. And I left it at that. He was very shocked. I was very direct. Oh, wow. And it took probably <laughs> close to about six months to a year um, for me to start, like, got to start doing the work in my heart. Um, and we had this conference, um, a fall conference, where it was just a handful of us, uh, and we were studying about the story of Scripture. We had been studying about stories that we thought we knew in the Bible, uh, but we didn't actually really know it. We knew the Sparknotes version, but we didn't actually know the story and what it meant for the entire narrative of scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, and what it did for us uh, was created like a holy discontent in us. Like we wish we would have known the truth of scripture, not just a half truth, because I think we get a lot of half truths when it comes to our faith and, and churches and ministries, all this sort of thing. Uh, but like, this is the full story. From Genesis to Revelation, this is how all of this works together. This all points to Jesus in this sort of way. And at the end of that conference, it was like the last day, uh, there was this volunteer who had been serving us throughout the conference. She had come up and spoke to us. I forget all of what she said, but there was just one moment in specific uh, where she was like, 
all of y'all now know the full story of scripture. You've been impacted by it. You have this holy discontentment about it. And like, I also just want to share with y'all that there are 12 of y'all standing right here before us, uh, making like that connection to the disciples being sent out. Wow. And moment, I couldn't do nothing but cry. Right. Wow. I was weeping because it, in that moment, it was like, God, I really... I really didn't want to choose to have to be leading no Bible studies and stepping into ministry. Yeah. Um, but I felt like that sense of call to like proclaim who Jesus was and the truth of scripture to other college students. And, you know, to be honest, there were other times throughout where God was like, there's a burden for souls that I need you to step into. Uh, and at that time, I wasn't just going to do it. Uh, but <laughs> at that moment where yeah. it was 12 of us, the woman brought it out, uh, I knew I couldn't leave that conference and not do what God had called us to do. Uh, so that was kind of my story of coming into ministry, being called into ministry. Um, that's kind of the journey that I took. So. Wow. That... Wow. Wow. I don't think, I know I never knew that, but to have, to think about that situation where you were, you were faced with, okay, God, this is what you really want me to do. Okay. I don't know, yeah. but I'm going to just do it anyway. Um, yeah. And as a young person in Christ, sometimes you're faced with those things and it's like, all right, Lord, if I say I'm going to live for you, I'm just do this. And you yeah. just going to have to lead me. I'm, I'm going to do it scared. Yeah. I'm going to do it afraid. Yes. And you just lead and guide me. So yeah. during this whole, you know, this whole situation and God kind of presenting you with these, these options and kind of giving you your assignment, if you will. Yeah. What were the responses of your friends and family, honey? Like yeah. were people supportive or not? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think, I think most people were supportive. Like I think a lot of the people around me, like, I still the folks that be like, call me bishop or pastor. So, you know, <laughs> they were like, oh, okay, yeah, we knew that already. You just weren't doing it. And I was like, okay, thanks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I have to say, like, for me, I always tell people I gave a reluctant yes to Jesus because I just didn't know what would come of it. So, you know, I would have conversations with, like, my mom, with uh, my staff worker at Clayton about, like, I really don't know about this, but like they were really supportive in the sense of like, if this is something that God has called you to, he will sustain you in it. Um, he will give you what you need that you don't have to go into it perfect, uh, but you have to go into it being willing. Yeah. Um, so they were they were supportive. Uh, I really didn't find much pushback. I will say, so that around that time was when I was a student leader. Me coming <laughs> on to staff, was a completely different thing. I think coming on to staff, um, there was support, but there was also confusion. Wow. Uh, so the way we do staff work is we're kind of like missionaries, just domestically uh, on college campuses. So like we fundraise our salaries. So, you know, you can imagine me going to my mama like, yeah, so I'm going to be working in ministry, but I have to fundraise the money that I'm going to get paid. So he was like, um, <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, I think even since then, like there's this process of like having to, for one, introduce like parachurch ministry to a lot of black churches, because mm -hmm. that's just not 
uh, something that's really prevalent. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then also like giving them like the view of like, okay, this is what I do. And like, it's different than getting up uh, in the church and doing the uh, message on a Sunday, but like there's merit to this ministry because right. we are working with like the next generation of leaders trying to train them and to point them towards Jesus because that's who makes the difference in whatever work they choose to go into. Um, so I think like the staff was a bit more of a transition because, you know, I still get the questions of like, okay, so what are you going to do next? And, you know, it's like, that's cool to ask. Yeah. Also like, well, I'm doing this now. Yeah. So, you know, just let me rest here um, and we'll see where God takes me. But I, I think that journey was just an introduction for some people into a different form of ministry. Right. And, and I know you kind of touched on, you know, people kind of already putting it on you at a young age. Oh, you a minister. Mm. And, and even you saying, you know, being reluctant to be yeah. in ministry, but what are some challenges of other than that maybe that being young and in ministry has kind of you faced and encountered yeah um so i think for one coming into ministry straight out of college um i find this like back and forth of like um i'm working in this ministry but like i also have two degrees that are not necessarily like directly connected. I use the skills from my degrees in the work that I do now, but it's also like, okay, Lord, I didn't go to undergrad and get this master's, you know, to never use them. So like, Mm -hmm. God, how can I use these things in the ministry that I'm doing now? And, or how can the ministry that I'm working in now lend itself to how I'm going to use my degrees later? Uh, So I even find myself now, at this point um, of my ministry, um, having to do a lot of discernment with uh, my supervisors and my staff um, about, okay, like, where's God calling you to next? Because there are options. <laughs> like, you don't just have to do this. Um, <laughs> but the thing is, where is God calling you to? Uh, so I think that's one. I think the finances of it is a just a real challenge, to be honest. You coming into ministry will be based off of faithfulness and not just off of wealth. Uh, I think uh, just because of the way that our nonprofit works, like mm-hmm. you you learn a lot of good skills, but you're stretched also in like the faith that you have in God because you have to really believe that he is a provider with this stuff that you need, but you can't. Uh, right. And you're still like having to say yes in the midst of all of that. So there have been a lot of like low seasons where it's like, God, I'm not understanding how like this is something you could call me to. And like, at least in my opinion, I don't have all of the resources that I feel like I should have. Um, so like, God, how do I balance that with like you being a good guy and a provider, but like also me doing work that I feel like I should probably be paid more for. So I think, you know, that's one of the challenges that I kind of encounter in the ministry mm. now being young because i mean we ran we ran the same age all over mm-hmm. on the podcast <laughs> do you ever feel like well especially you've been a minister so we know when mm-hmm. you're a minister all eyes are on you you're held yeah. to 
I, I, I would say somewhat of a higher standard in a way because you're a mm-hmm. leader. You have souls that are under your watch and care. So yeah. in that, do you ever feel like, man, I'm missing out on being young. I'm not able to do, you know, maybe what you think. Do you ever feel like, I guess, what's it called? FOMO, like fear of missing yeah. out? Oh, maybe in the beginning, uh, just having to be aware of like, you were talking about like my witness, like mm-hmm. how am I showing up in front of like uh, the people that I'm leading, people outside of the ministry, just people, friends, family, all of that sort of thing. Uh, and not even necessarily in the sense of like trying to go and wild out, but like, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, just wanting to be places, wanting to, you know, chill out, you know, hang around all sorts of people. But uh, I also honestly have kind of resolved it in my spirit, at least at this um, point in my faith walk, uh, that the people that I hang around, the activities that we do, uh, they are nothing that is like sinful, nothing that damages the witness that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, now we might be a loud, wild bunch, <laughs> but <laughs> like, as far as like the impact of that on my witness, I think it's minimal because I think it actually shows more of what it looks like to be in Christian community while young, as opposed to just being in community, doing whatever you want to do. Uh, and, you know, to be honest, I don't do much anyways. So, you know, I, I'm usually the person in the group that's like, yeah, no, I ain't got to do that. Y'all can have fun though. Do y'all, y'all live y'all's life. Uh, right. But I don't have to uh, do that. You know, I've in recent years had to really think about like, what is it that I enjoy doing? And a lot of the things are really just like nerdy, or very introverted. So reading books, all types of Marvel stuff, you know, going mm-hmm. on solo trips to places. So it's, I mean, I don't really feel like I'm missing out on anything. Um, I think a lot of the things that I feel like I could be doing are things that actually would not give me life. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm content, you know, wow. really. so that's what I would say. I just wanted to say one thing before um <laughs> before Jay goes, but I feel like sometimes when you first start off in like just doing whatever God is telling you to do, if, if it's ministry, if it's not, you do it scared and you're not yeah. always certain about how it's going to work out. But then as you keep yeah. walking the steps and you become um obedient and the scripture says, if you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the, the good of the land. And so... Yeah. I feel like it's all going to work itself out. If you just keep trusting and obeying God, it's going to work in- itself out. I just, I truly yeah. believe that. And I believe that's kind of what happened with you, Jamal. Like you yeah. just like, Lord, I'm going to do this reluctantly, but you just going to have to show me what to do. And it just, it just worked itself out. So yeah, I thank God for that. Amen. I'm, I'm, I liked your transparency. I, we're not yeah. wrapping up y'all. We're not done yet, but yeah. I will say I loved your transparency of, I told the guy, no direct, because oftentimes you, yes. you do kind of think about the logistics of things like, mm-hmm. you know, the realness of it. I don't want these souls on me, Lord. Yeah. I got to make a, a, a living for myself. And also yes. I got these degrees. So it's a lot of times things that play and it's not that I just don't want to serve God. It's just, right. you kind of, 
thinking logically and, and of course faith is outside of logic. Right. And exactly. so that's what it was. You stepping out on faith and, and just yes. surrendering to God. And, and I definitely respect that and commend you for doing that. Cause some people will keep running, you know, it took Jonah yeah. getting, getting swallowed up for him, yeah. for him to get right. <laughs> you know, right. for you, it was a conference, you know, so at yeah. least you was under the, the will and in and, and place God needed you to be to yes. get that word, you know, without being down, you know, he had to break it down for you to say Praise yes. God. You know what I'm saying? Praise God. <laughs> um, but I wanted to just get your perspective. Do you think um, there are misconceptions maybe about you as, as a young minister that you want to debunk to let people know, like, you know, whatever, like, I don't, I don't know, any misconceptions, maybe you or just young ministers have that you've noticed people think about you? Yes. Um, I think one is just like that I'm perfect or that ministers are perfect. Mm. Uh, funny enough, I was talking to uh, two of my students yesterday and we were just having a conversation. Um, this on my student leaders. So we have much more open and honest conversations. Mm. And they were like, you know, Jamal, like, um, you know, sometimes we think of you as just like this perfect person. I was like, no, I was like, the reason why I try to like give y'all wisdom is because of what I've had to experience, like the ways in which I, my weakness has shown up, the ways in which I have been sinful. Uh, like I want to share that uh, with you and even leaving that conversation with them. Like I think it helped them in their own faith to recognize like that, like y'all talked about, like it's about progression, not perfection. Um, that this is about us maturing in our faith, not about us like snapping our fingers and being perfect um, within an instant. Um, so, you know, I think that's a misconception. Um, and then I think, um, I want to figure out how to say this well. Um, I think there is also some sense of, um, for young ministers that we, uh, I think we all buy into the model of like, once you step into ministry, like there is like this uh, superpower that you get mm. uh, that like you become um, untouchable, that like the enemy is not trying to seek you out, that you are just oh so holy. Uh, and what's true, I think, um, for a lot of us young ministers that I work with uh, is that we find like uh, we are no more perfect than those who have stepped into ministry. Uh, but we have just, the thing that separates us is that we have said yes to Jesus in this way. Right. Uh, and we have to like take, we have to take that and like recognize that, okay, I'm not perfect. So I need to like also grow in my faith with the Lord. So I think the misconception is one that we internalize that like now that I've stepped into ministry, I'm good. And that's just not the case <laughs> because we have to continue to grow and mature even as we lead. And I yes. think it can be difficult. I think it's really difficult because I think we sometimes just like, you know, some of us when we become new believers, we become just very self-righteous and it's just like, you know, we just out there, <laughs> but it's like, we cannot um, incorrectly assess where we are spiritually as mm. leaders. 
Um, I think that's the misconception that you step into it and it's like, oh, okay, you're perfect. Because other people have the misconception, you start to embrace the misconception and now like you are messed up your own self spiritually because Man. you haven't assessed where you actually are in your faith. Um, so I, I think like thinking about the external, but also that internal misconception of like, oh, I'm straight. And God is like, no, you're not straight. You just are trusting me <laughs> to lead in this way. So, Oh, that's so good, Jamal. That's so yeah. good. Like, I got to put some organ sounds right there because, honey, you preaching. <laughs> you are preaching. Because for somebody that, obviously, I'm not a minister um, in the same way as you, but I minister through song. Yeah. And God deals with me sometimes on, you know, just because you sing up in front of these people, and I'm very transparent about this, I'm not perfect at all. Yeah. And I don't try to come across that way. I'm just saying, like, I'm being obedient to what God has called me to, to lead his people. Yeah. And so um, it can be very scary to do that. But, yeah, some people, if, if you get caught up in it, sometimes you'll be yes. like, yeah, I'm straight. Like. I'm yeah. getting up, I'm singing, I'm preaching the word of God, I'm helping in this ministry. That's all I need to do. But on the contrary, it's the exact opposite. It's like, yeah. no, God is, is requiring more of you because you yeah. are in this situation, this this um, position, mm -hmm. and you're over people and people are looking at you because I've had so many, I've had a few girls in my church, young girls, they're mm -hmm. like, Miss Jasmine, I just love your hair. I love the way you carry yourself. I love whatever. And that's been happening to me since I first started working in church. And serving yeah. and singing and doing all that. And you just never know the impact that you have. Yes. In serving and being obedient. And and young people may be looking at you and, and just and just seeing the God in you. And that's encouraging them to go on and be like, okay, she doing this. She seemed cool. Like, maybe I need to get into church for real. Right. And just do this and just be honest about it and authentic. But um, as we continue to just, you know, wrap up our conversation. One of the last questions I wanted to ask is that, and this could be a whole episode by itself, y'all. Mm -hmm. We've talked about this before on this platform, but um, Black men are very, very scarce in the church, in the Black church yeah. right now. Um, I, I would even go as, to, as far as to say men are scarce, period, in the church, but Black men especially. And I, my question to you, Jamal, is do you believe well, first of all, do you believe there's a lack of young men in the church? Why or why not? Why do you think that is? Yes, for sure. Uh, there's definitely a lack. Uh, why? Um, I think there are a couple of reasons as to why. Um, I think um, specifically for um, Black people, like just the... Um, history of like family and family brokenness right. is a reason uh, because if uh, if you don't see dad going to church uh, this can be difficult for you to think of that as like a value and a principle for you to continue uh, um, so even for myself like I count myself to be blessed to have grown up in the house with a single mom um, and still like love the church um, because I was able to see like examples of men in the church through pastor and through your dad, Jasmine, like I was able to see them and recognize like, oh, this is a place where I can be because where we are as a black church now, um, a black man can walk in and is like 
gravely outnumbered. Uh, and I think that lends itself to asking the question of like, uh, how can we make spaces within the church to uh, reach Black men to make it feel like a safe space for them? Right. Uh, I think we, but I think it also takes being missional to reach them. Um, I think we are, in some regards, like we have the methods backwards. I think we want to like invite people, uh, but like Jesus's whole ministry was going to them. And like, even when I work with college students on campus now, you know, I tell them like, we've done a good job of inviting people. Praise God, continue to invite people. <laughs> but like, when are we actually going to go? When are we going to be missional? When are we going to be active? When will we step outside of our churches and say, okay, a lot of our Black men are here. A lot of our Black men are incarcerated. So how do we go and serve them faithfully? They're not coming to the church. Right. You know, like there's no way. So how can we serve them uh, in a physical, tangible way to where they feel connected to our church community? Uh, where, how can we... Uh, connect with uh, young black men in schools. Like we can go to these places, but if our mindset is, I don't know why they're not coming to the church. Mm -hmm. Like go to them. My thing is, I think we've gotten so comfortable as a church that like we love comfort and we hate discomfort. Mm -hmm. But I think through our discomfort, and our displacement that we actually find like deeper connection with young black men. Um, Cause they need to know that like they're loved, they're seen, that they uh, have people who will care for them, who will love them well. Uh, but I think if we are focused solely on, okay, what do we do to just bring them in instead of asking the question of how do we go out and find them? I think there will continuously be a lack. Like in the church. So. Mm. That's so true. I think as the church, we have to be the hands and feet of God. Right. Of Jesus. And so you got that requires you to make this the steps and yeah. to some put some action behind your words. You just can't preach from a pulpit. Yeah. Like people need to see you from, you know, the your job, your everyday job. They need to see you in the in the grocery stores, on the basketball court. Yeah. Um right. Wherever they need to see you in all facets um, to represent the kingdom. And that's so, that's so important. The church, we got to do better. Yeah. We, we really do. And we're getting, we're getting too comfortable. Um, and then my last question is, do you have any advice for young people um, who want to serve in ministry, either part-time or full-time? What, what would be some of the things that you would tell them? Yeah. Um, one, like, know that you're saying yes to like a call, not to a specific version of ministry mm. um, because it can look different in seasons. Like what is it that God has called you to do? Has he called you to serve young people? So you could work on staff like I do, or you could work in your Sunday school class. Um, like you're saying yes to a call, not to um, just like this one specific Thing. Uh, and then I think also like being committed to like growing your faith. I've 
in these years working in ministry, um, I've been stretched the most I ever have been to like have faith and trust in God uh, because you have to, I understand that saying of like, you have to uh, trust God even when you can't trace God. Mm. There will be seasons where like you might not see or you might not have the eyes to see the physical manifestation of what God is doing, but will you still trust his character? Um, mm. Especially as somebody in ministry, like everything is not going to be peaches and cream. You might not always have the most money. You might not always have the best relationships. The job that you're working might not always be the most lucrative and attractive, but like, will you trust God that like what he is calling you to is what's best for you and is also what's best for your community around you? Um, and then I think just a practical tip, I think is to um, look into multiple streams of income. I think just practically um, and also like develop your passions. So think about, okay, God, what are the giftings that you've given me? Um, how can I use this to continue to bless people, to edify the body of Christ? Uh, but how can I also, you know, do things that will uh, help me to be stable? Uh, how can I do right. things that will give me life? So even if it doesn't garner income, what can I do to retreat away from what can be the um, craziness of ministry? Like, can you go and read a book? Will you go and hike? Will you, do you knit? I know people who work <laughs> in ministry who knit, and that gives them life. Like, develop yeah. passions outside of just your ministry job. Uh, and I'm saying one last thing. I'm sorry, y'all. You just keep coming to my head. Last thing. Uh, but probably I would say is one of the most important things that um, I would give as advice to people, um, young people um, working in ministry is to not forsake your own relationship with God while you're working in ministry. Uh, because it's easy, I found it even to be easy, like, okay, so I'm going to prep this Bible study for my students. So that's my time in the word. And that's not going to sustain you because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you'll put on a really good Bible study for them. And, and then you'll come home and you've not like spent your own personal time with Jesus. Um, so don't forsake your personal relationship for your ministry job. That's what I'm saying. That's so good. That's so good. I, um, I applaud you for taking the necessary steps to follow Christ and to do it in an unconventional way. And I pray, we both pray that you continue to be blessed and God continues to show you favor yes. um, in unexpected ways. Jay, don't you agree? Absolutely. Amen. I it's just been I, a blessed time. Oh come on. I'm just gleaning, honey. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> and we just want to encourage all of our listeners too. Um, we talked about a lot of different things, but continue to, and I know me, me and Jamal and Raven, one of our other guests. We were really brought up in a really, really good foundational, you know, setting for like church. And we had a lot of good teaching and a lot of good um, things that were poured into us. So, again, I'm going to ring this bell one more time. Please make sure that you are a part of a church home. It really does help. Yeah. Um, if you are a parent out there, it'll it'll help you with your children. Um, if they come up in that type of setting to hear the word of God and to to teach them. 
um, it really helps to continue to hear that over and over and over again. And what the Bible says, um, Jay, if, um, you know, Train you teach up a child and then make it go. Come on. When he gets older, he will not depart from the y'all. That was, I had to recite that in in uh the school, y'all, when I grew up. I grew up in like a Christian <laughs> private school. <laughs> What's my Bible verse? And I'll forever remember that. Come on. The word doesn't lie. The word doesn't you lie. Know. So I'm telling you, you can't be plucked from his hands. Come on. Yes. You cannot depart. You can't. I'm telling you. It's in you. And so now, um, going into our next segment. We are going to do our scripture of the week or scriptures of the week. Um, my scripture is coming from Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse eight from the NLT version. It says, do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. Um, and I just believe this scripture with my whole heart that like God, like um, Jamal has told us, when he was instructed by the Holy Spirit to like really carry out ministry and just do some things that were unexpected, God is going to go before you. He's not going to abandon you. The scripture says he will never leave you nor forsake you. Um, you will never be alone. Like if he called you to it, he's going to get you through it. So always be, you know, mindful of that and that um, he will establish your goings and he's going to give you provision for his vision. So don't, you're going to be scared, but do it anyway. And continue to trust God and um, have a relationship with him. Amen. So my scripture of the week, y'all, y'all know I had to go to Jeremiah, Jeremiah 1.5. We've recited this on this podcast before, but the NIV version says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you a, as a prophet to the nations. And so that scripture saying, baby, God got a plan for you. Before time began, he had said it in the spirit and now it's manifesting in the natural. Um, and so, you know, a, a lot of times, even Jamal mentioned growing up, people will see things in you, especially growing up in church. People will see things in you that you don't even see on yourself. You know, oh, you're going to be a preacher. Oh, you're a great teacher. Things in you that you don't even know that sometimes God will give people that word to speak over you. And you'll wonder why, you know, growing up, I thought about this, but, you know, God, I just don't want it. But trust trusted his plans are for good and not evil you know to prosper you and give you an expected end um so just know that god has a plan for each and every one of us he is not haphazardous the parents you were born to your race your gender the city everything was was in god's will and purpose so just know that he has already anointed you and given favor and wherever like jamal said earlier wherever he sends you he is going to bless you his hand is on your life as long as you keep him first so that's my scripture of the week, y'all. Yes. And Jamal, you want to give us a little scripture of the week as well? Yes, I will. I will follow in suit, follow my leadership. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, honey. Yes. So mine is from Isaiah 43, verses 12 to 13. I'm actually going to read the New Living Translation. Um, and it reads, first, I predicted your rescue. Then I saved you and proclaimed it to the world. No foreign God has ever done this. You are witnesses that I am the only God, says the Lord. From eternity to eternity, I am God. No one can snatch you out of my hand. No one can undo what I have done. And I'm trying to tell y'all, the Lord blessed me yesterday with this word from Isaiah. Come I'm trying on. to tell you, just talking about like us being his witnesses. And Isaiah sets up this whole like, cosmic courtroom scene 
uh, that puts like being a witness into context. And God is like, y'all are my witnesses. Uh, you, We have idols and all of these things that we put up before God, but God is like, you are actually my witnesses. The people who are trying to make idols are witnesses of my power. You're the ones who know that I am the true and the living God. Uh, and nobody can snatch you out of my hand for from eternity to eternity. I am God. And I love that scripture because it roots us in how constant God is, how holy and other God is from us. Um, so when we think about like all of the things that we go through, we can put our trust in God because he's not like us. We can put our trust in God because he's holy, he's other, he's transcendent. Yes. Um, so we can put our trust in a God that's from eternity to eternity. We can just end the episode right there. Come on. Thank you, Lord, for the nuggets. I was hoping you would preach a little, you know, you didn't preach a couple times over here. I was yeah, he gave a us, nugget. He gave us a little sermonette. Because just I don't even have to go to church tomorrow. I'm just I'm, I'm, I'm just spiritually full. <laughs> Come on here. Um God's word is so rich though. It really is. And um as we as we wrap up this episode, we just want to leave you with a few church announcements. Um Jamal has, has so graciously uh, blessed us today by being a special guest. But um, Jamal, tell us a little bit about Interverse, uh, Varsity and um, the ministry platform and like what you guys actually do and give us a little bit more about that. Yeah, so InterVarsity is a national campus ministry that uh, is on different college campuses throughout the country. Uh, I work at the University of Alabama, Roll Tide, and at Steelman College. Yes. Come on, our HBCU here in Tuscaloosa. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Uh, so uh, what we do is we make spaces um, for students to be able to encounter Jesus. So whether that be through Bible study, worship nights, large groups where I may present a talk, uh, we host conferences um, throughout the Southeast and nationally. So we just do lots of things where students have a lot of touch points where they can encounter God um, and have their lives transformed. Um, so if you or anybody is local to Tuscaloosa, uh, I am here to help. Uh, you can follow our Instagram at IV underscore Bama, um, and I can get you connected. Or if you are a college student anywhere within the country and you're listening to this, uh, there might be some sort of university space that's close to you. So please feel free to reach out to me and I will connect you to whoever is in your area so that you have the opportunity to encounter Jesus and have your life transformed by him. That is so awesome. That's so good. And Jamal, I'm going to have to touch bases with you so I can see yeah. there's any way I can be more involved. I can be involved with InterVarsity at, at any point um, because I'm, you know, I'm in contact with a lot of students and I want to be able to be a light on our campus as much as you um, as well. So I may need to get with you on that. But that is so exciting. Um, we have had a great show. God is good, y'all. I'm yeah. telling you, we told you at the beginning we had a treat. We had a treat for you um and we just thank you all for listening but with that being said jay do you want to pray us out for today absolutely father god we kind of right now god thank you for the word that has went forth god we thank you for the witness god that uh jamal has had on his life that he's been able to share his journey um on this platform god uh we thank you god for for life god for your son daughter son jesus christ god who we uh who died for us, God, who we want to serve, God. We thank you for the the workers, God, in the field, God, people like Jamal, people that are working full-time in ministry. We ask that you bless them, you strengthen them, you cover them, cover their families, God. 
Uh, we ask that you just uh, bless us, God, in a way, God. We know that you're doing amazing things in Jamal's life and all of our listeners. God, we pray for all, the, all of those who are listening at this moment, God, right now. We ask that you cover them. We confess Psalms 91. No evil shall befall thee, God, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. We ask that we have a prosperous, productive week ahead, God. Uh, bless us in this year, God. We know that you're doing a new thing. Help us uh, to focus on progress, God, and not perfection, God. And in all our ways, help us to acknowledge you. We love you. We'll give you all praise and glory. It's in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, y'all. Y'all already know what it is. It's a new year, but it's the same thing. Don't forget to be the flavor the world needs. We'll see y'all later. Bye. Peace. Liking what you heard so far? Well, let us know what you think by leaving a comment or rating on Apple Podcasts or our Instagram page. Details are listed in the description box.